Yes, people, what's happening? And welcome to the Frankie Allen podcast. You are here with your host, Will Cranny, alongside the UK's most feared comedian, Frankie Allen. Frank, what's happening? How are you today? In good spirits? Great and happy new year to everybody. Have you not seen a podcast before this year? Um, just like everybody else in the UK, we're all trying to stay positive, fight our way through this um, pandemic. And, uh, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And we've got the vaccine. A lot of people are being vaccinated now, over a million. So that's fantastic. And once we can reach like seven, eight, ten million, I think things might very well return to normal. Yeah, well, we're hoping things ease up um, as quickly as possible. Just a couple of things that we want to talk about before we kick things off. First of all, 12,000 subscribers just reached on YouTube. Massive, massive thank you to everyone who's subscribed on there. If you're not on YouTube, get yourself over there. And if you are watching on YouTube, give this video a thumb up. You know, get yourself subscribed, comment below, etc., etc. Frank, 12,000 subscribers on YouTube, does that mean okay. anything to you? It doesn't mean anything to me. I don't, really don't, I don't know what it means. Okay, basically what it means is that 12,000 people are subscribed to the videos. So, you know, much like a, a magazine subscription, let's say if you had 12,000 people with a magazine subscription, they're going to get the magazine through the front door. So they're going to they're gonna see what you're up to. Um, so now there's just over 12,000 people on there. Big number going up quickly and quickly. Have you noticed a bit more momentum? People talking to you differently lately? People, you know, feeling a little bit relevant again? Yeah, you know, it's a strange thing that uh, I was working on the clubs for years and years, different social clubs, labour clubs, going abroad, on a circuit which was all over the UK really, but never really got any recognition. And I'm beginning to agree with you now. It's, uh, any recognition you do get, any kind of uh, acclamation, and um, I don't know what the word is really, any fame really that you get, it's all down to social media now. So even though we've not done any shows, um, the ball's still rolling, so to speak, where I'm still getting kind of recognised by people everywhere I go, even more so than when we were working, because a lot of people watch the vlogs, they watch the lives, um, Instagram, Facebook, so it's all it's all good. Good stuff, yeah. Uh, we did say to you in the very last podcast that we did, we're going to touch on that in a minute, but we said we're going to pick a day that the podcast was going to go out, and that was either going to be a Thursday or Sunday. We've decided on a Sunday, so this podcast will go out every Sunday. And you're probably thinking, where the fuck have you been then for the last 17 days because this podcast is going out on the 31st of Jan. Frank, we haven't recorded a podcast for 17 days, right? Okay. There's two reasons, one from your side and one from my side. We'll go with your side first. What's been your issue in, within the last two weeks? I have no idea. Are you fucking serious? You've just been showing me before the podcast. Showing you what? Showing me your back. Oh, I'll be back. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, look, I've been um, unable to, yeah, that's true. I've been unable to work or to do anything really because I get sciatica. Now, anybody out there who's had sciatica will know what it is, it's um, an inflamed nerve in your spine and it can be terribly painful. It can more or less paralyse you down one side, make it very difficult for you to get out of bed. Your manoeuvrability has gone right down. You can hardly move around and uh, I couldn't drive for like over a week. I'm a lot better now, so that's why we're getting on this again, yeah. How does that come about in the first place, sciatica? Because I posted on Facebook yeah. that you had sciatica and said... You know, um, Frankie's got sciatica, so we can't do a live stream tonight. And people were like, fucking hell, I've got that too. 
I've got that. It's very common. A lot of people get sciatica. I had it when you were a baby 30 years ago. I remember getting it when me, you, and your mum were abroad. You know, we were in Marbella, Malaga, somewhere down there. And they, uh, where was it? We were, anyway, it doesn't matter where we were, Estepona. We went to the, um, what do you call it, the water park one day. My dad's sciatica for 10 days, had been very ill with it, couldn't get out of bed. The end of the 10 days, we were flying out. It was okay flying away. We went to Spain, a great holiday. But I was chasing you running, and I started running, not on grass, running on this cement, running on pavement, and let me back went again. And I had to go to bed, lying in bed, when everybody else was on the beach. When you say, I was very ill with it, it's not an illness, is it? It's like... It's not an illness. It's a muscle spasm. What's that? What happens? It's not a terminal illness. What it is, inside of your spine, as everybody knows, you've got nerves... And for whatever reason, the nerve right at the base of your spine, the lumbar nerve, becomes very inflamed. And if you can imagine, it swells. It's swelling like a, like a big, like a tiny, skinny sausage, but it goes dead fat. So it rubs against your spine, rubs against all your nerves in your spine, and causes pain and numbness in your limbs and, you know, kind of paralysis. It makes well. you, like, bent over, doesn't it? Yeah, it affects your posture. I, I was like the elephant man last week, bent over on one side. And it's funny, really, because one of your legs is normally ends up a lot longer than the other. Okay. Yeah. When you lie down, now you know you've definitely got it. If you compare your two legs, one foot is like six inches away from the other one. It's so weird. <laughs> and it's painful even just walking around. Normally, I go to an osteopath. Uh, Mike Furlong and Tubrook and Liverpool, fantastic osteopath. I have to go. Last time I went, six months ago, I went for an emergency appointment. He stayed open, especially to see me, and uh, he got rid of the sciatic, and it was a lot better. But it didn't go this time, only because I couldn't get out of bed. I'll have to go and see him. But it's with resting and with taking anti-inflammatory, ibuprofen, and just taking it easy, it's kind of eased off an awful lot. Nice one. So yeah, that's that's Frank's angle on on why he couldn't do stuff, and the main part of that was not due to the fact that he was unable to attend the studio to do the recording. It was just because I couldn't be asked if you were going to be naughty because you were pissed off with your injury. Well, it is. It's very depressing. <laughs> I mean, fucking hell. Many a two words said in jest. The other night, I'm lying in bed, Go on. and I'm thinking to myself, I've got no work on at all. We're in this fucking lockdown thing. Yeah. Everyone's struggling. I'm lying on a bed on my fucking own. I can't get out the bed. Hardly, you know. It was a big thing pushing myself up, pulling myself up, grabbing the door, grabbing the door, then throwing myself as though I had no legs onto the landing, going into the bathroom to have a wee. And I thought, what the fuck's all this about? I thought, I hope that, thankfully, you know, it's eased off. And you take your manoeuvrability. Everybody takes it totally for granted. It's only when something goes wrong and you can't move around, you realise how lucky you are to be able to walk, you know, and be able to run and be able to drive and things and lift your arms up. So I've always had a weakness on this side kind of thing with the sciatica. It's always the one side you get it. Uh, In fact, a couple of years ago, I couldn't lift my arm up. And when I went to the doctor, he said it's what he called frozen shoulder. I could only lift it up a little bit, couldn't lift it over my head. So he injected me with hydrocortisone, which I don't know what the fucking hell it does, but it eased it off. But for whatever reason, 
it's always the left side of me that, that kind of like is weak. So, you know, but no, it's only a temporary thing anyway. It gets better. Good stuff, yeah. So, as I said, this is going to go out every Sunday. Frank's side of the story was that he's been, uh, or he's been suffering with an injury. So, that's why he couldn't perform, should we say, on this podcast. My reasoning was I've been having my head down for the last two weeks, trying to write this grant application. So, basically, the Arts Council have decided they're going to give away £250 million pounds um, the first time round, they opened it to people and it was pretty easy, the application, I think, but, you know, most people didn't go for it. The second time round, I've applied for it. So, uh, you know, my promotions company that run the Frank Gallon shows, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, we'll speak to you soon, maybe mid-March, I'll find out the news. It fucking save our bacon and mean that we can go back into shows without me uh, having to go into debt. So fingers crossed on that, Frank, been working hard. Hopefully we'll get this grant application because it's been very difficult. I mean, I don't have to tell people out there, anybody who's struggling, a lot of these government grants, you know, these personal grants they're going to give to people, very difficult to get for whatever reason, a lot of bureaucracy involved and you've got to make sure everything's filled in correctly and they don't give it to everyone. So an awful lot of people out there have having going through probably the worst time of their life financially where they're really struggling I don't even know, and I can't see how a lot of places will reopen even after the lockdown because um, it's been so, so devastating. But we've got to stay positive. Um, you know, there's only one way up, isn't there, when you're down. We've all got to come back from this. We've all got to help each other. And the, the, the good thing about I've noticed people, although they're grumpy and people are moody, people are a lot more prone to help each other now because we are in a crisis. Yeah, I think people feel like we're all in the same boat. And, um, you know, I went on a walk yesterday and literally I'm talking to people that, you know, you wouldn't even like hardly let on to in the street. Sometimes yeah. you, I walk past someone and just go, all right, mate. Yesterday I was having conversations with them for like 15 minutes at a time. <laughs> well, there used to be an old gag years ago and it's very strange, it's very true, really. And this kind of like, what I, when I thought about it, I said, well, hang on, that's very, very true. And this applies to the British character. Um, and I think it was an American fellow that told the gag. And what the gag was, was there was two English fellows marooned on a desert island, on a small desert island. They never spoke to each other because they hadn't been introduced. That's very true. It's very true. It's not like Scousers, though, to be fair. Oh, no, Scousers are a bit more kind of Celtic, like the Welsh, the Irish and the Scottish. They're more kind of like, they've got the gift of the gab and they haven't got the kind of, um, what's the word? They, not saying they're bad-mannered, but they're like, like, like Yanks, aren't they? They're just in at the deep end. They'll just start talking. They won't wait until, you know, kind of like, uh, hello, and get to know someone for a couple of weeks and say, smile at someone in the street. Then after six months, you have a conversation. People in Liverpool, anyway, on Merseyside, they're very kind of like, you know, loud and motor mouth and they're not afraid to start speaking to anybody it is an interesting question there's going to be a lot of people watching this from all over the UK all over the yeah. world Australia whatever the fuck you are and from our angle as scousers yeah, yeah if you are on holiday you could be in fucking South Africa walking along the street and if oh. you spotted someone that was from Liverpool you'd be able to tell I'm curious as to whether that happens across the board let's say you're from Norfolk do you know oh fucking hell he's from he's from Norwich that fella like, why do you think you can tell if there's a scouser walking down the street, wherever you are, even if you're abroad? Well, it's weird. Now, this is fascinating, this, and this is something <laughs> that I've studied for years, done my own personal study, and I've tried 
to um, kind of work things out and, and work out why. I mean, people in different parts of the UK are going to look different, although a lot of us are like Anglo-Saxon, a lot of people um, have derived, you know, have descended from people who came from Northern Europe, a lot of Irish in England and Scotland and Wales, a lot of Welsh down south. It's very, very mixed bag. But at the same time, it is strange that you can see people and 90% of the time, you can kind of suss out where they're from. And it's like Scousers, another Scouser. Um, I can tell them straight away by the way they look and just by the way they act. I mean, I remember um, with you and your mum, we were going away on holiday one day. You'd gone on ahead on the escalator or some fucking thing. Or I went on the escalator because I wouldn't go in the lift. I was scared at Manchester Airport. So I'm on this escalator and there's only me on it. And I'm just chapping along on this escalator. So we're going along for about 100 yards. And I saw this fella, and he just had a like, fat fella with a beard, and he had a little tartan hat on with a bobble hat. And as we're coming towards, he saw me and I saw him. I just knew he was a scouter, and he knew I was. And he went, all right. And I went, all right, Macy. You just kind of know. Now, I remember once being in Germany. My sister worked in Germany. She was in Berchtesgarten, and that's that by the Austrian border near Salzburg. And uh, what had happened, the government in England had got a deal with the German government to take on a lot of Liverpool lads and young kids to go over to Germany to work as chambermaids and things in hotels, concierges working behind the desk. So we were in this tiny village called Berchtesgarten, where Hitler used to live, believe it or not. And I'm just walking around, gorgeous place, the Bavarian Alps, these huge mountains, and uh, goats walking down the street with little bells on. All the fellas, the jet, we, we, we were kind of like blonde and blue. And I saw this fella walking up the street, and I went, he's fucking kidding, isn't he? This fella's a <laughs> scouser. Why? You could just tell. Yeah. He just looked like face was a bit drawn. He was only small. He was scrawny. He, well, I mean, this was 30 years ago, but he's probably looked a little bit like what you'd say now was like a smackhead or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. He looked and he looked at me. And he was, another thing that gave it away, during the 70s and 80s, a lot of people in Liverpool, they, they weren't kind of like very health conscious. So he used to get a lot of people who were cross-eyed or turns in their eye, but they never done anything about it. They never got any treatments. They didn't care. Could you get treatment at that time? You could have done. Yeah. You could have got like, they just used to give it a patch on the eye to try and train the eye. At the time, there was no operation in the 70s and 80s. So he's walking down the street. I saw him and I knew he was a scouser straight away. And uh, he knew I was a scouser. So we just slowed down. And as we both slowed down, now the backdrop to this is a gorgeous village, all these wooden hotels and things, goats walking down the street. Yeah. You couldn't get further away from England than where we were. And we both slowed down like in, like in a cowboy movie. And then he stopped and I stopped. And he went, all right, mate. <laughs> and I went, all right, lad, how's it going? And he went, sound. <laughs> I mean, what does it mean? So my theory is this. You get recognised from where you're from because although you might be 
you know, Italian descent, Spanish. You might even be, I can even tell some of the lads who are Nigerian and West African descent in Liverpool. I can tell it the Scousers. It's just the thing about them. So the environment must have an effect on the way that you look. Yeah. And what I say by the environment, what people don't realise, it's where you live. If you live in a place like we are in Liverpool at sea level. Okay. And you live in a place which you're up in the mountains, high up like Huddersfield and Bradford. You're like 2,000 feet high above the sea. Obviously, the air pressure is going to be very different. The um, minerals and vitamins, whatever the fuck it is, and the pollen and things that are in the air is going to be different. So it does shape, it must shape the way that you look and you can be recognised. I can recognise people from Manchester if I see them abroad as well. Okay. They seem to be um, taller okay. than scousers. Scousers aren't very tall generally. Obviously, you'll get big scousers, you get little, but generally, you'll get kind of like scousers are just like me, five foot eight, five foot nine, medium height. A lot of Manchester people are quite tall, five, ten, five, eleven, six foot, and they're very kind of, uh, what's the word without being insulting? Very aquiline, they've got very pointy features. The face is kind of where scousers we all look like uh, all look like boxes, kind of thing. The like face, a wider face, yeah, wider face and a flatter face. Now, a few of my mates, Danny Down, and a mate of mine that works in uh, Benidorm. Now, we were having a talk about different places in the UK, and something that I knew and I didn't think he knew. He said to me, "Have you seen everyone in Berry?" Go on. And I said, now, Berry, North Manchester, Bolton and Berry, separate town, miles from Manchester. And I said to him, I know what you're going to say. What was it? They're all tiny. <laughs> okay, why? I don't know. Gary Neville's from Berry, isn't he? Well, if you go to Berry, you'll see people are very, very small. And it's strange, really. You'll get very small people. Now, when we went to Bristol, did you see the amount of huge people there? I can't, I can't think. Yeah, to be very big. All the lads there were all six foot. There were no little lads. They were all big in the, in the club. And don't forget Tommy Cooper, the comedian. He was from Bristol. He was fucking six two. So it, there must be different tribes, different ethnicities, different people who've kind of like come to the UK, have settled in different places, and obviously over the years they've intermarried, interbred, and you've got different breeds of people who look different. Um, Cockneys look different again than someone from Manchester. Uh, Newcastle people, northeast, everybody looks slightly different. I mean, it doesn't work 100% of the time. You may see someone and you go, bloody hell, doesn't he look like a scout? And he may not be. But as a general rule, I think you, you, you can normally figure out where someone's you, from. So here's my question for you then to wrap this up. And please do let us know in the comments. I'm sure there'll be a, a lot of debate around this. If you are from a particular area... yeah. Do you think that that person from that particular area will be able to notice people from his or her area, wherever the fuck they are? Or is that just a scouse thing? Well, no, I think um, it, it's, a, it's a weird, strange thing. We're getting into kind of like, what's the word? Vibrations from people and psychic things. And what I've noticed, I remember going to Spain once when I was only in my 20s. I mean, my me mates were in this bar and... Uh, there was a few English lads in the bar, and although there were Germans who looked quite similar to British people, Swedes and things, and even some of the, the Spanish affair, you could just tell straight away 
who the UK lads were. And I wonder if that's some kind of... Um, even the London lads, a lot of London lads we were talking to. And it's just... You're talking to these London lads. And they're all black guys mm. from London. And they were at the bar. And I said to my mate, oh, here's some English fellas here. Let's go and talk to them. I mean... You could just tell it's just the gate, just the way they moved and they hold themselves. Okay. It must be because you live in a certain place. Uh, maybe it's something that's passed on right throughout the whole country which doesn't cross borders, just the way people speak and hold hands and whatever. But you can tell, I could tell, whatever, you know, whatever the features were, whatever colour they were, whatever, I, could, I can always tell someone who's, who's from the UK. Right, okay. Let us know in the comments. Does that does work? Does anybody for... agree with that, or would you say, you know, does anybody disagree with that? Yeah, let us know whether you're on Twitter, Facebook, or you're going to put it on the YouTube comments. Do your thing. Um, moving on, January. It's been a, a crazy month. Uh, it's been a good month in terms of what we've managed to do, as we said earlier, keeping relevance, keeping weird out there, pushing out a load of vlogs. Let's just talk about the vlogs. If anyone doesn't watch them, they're on YouTube. We do a mini documentary of every show and, well, more or less every show. The last couple have been a lot of backstage footage. The reason okay. being is because I've been so shocker on the events with them being very stressful due to the legislation, the stipulations put on every event that I only kind of managed to get backstage footage, but they've been pretty funny. The two that have gone out since the last podcast are Hartlepool and Liverpool with Hangar 34. Have you enjoyed them? Which one was your favourite? Did you like any particular parts of them? Well, Hangar 34 was fantastic. And uh, no disrespect to the crowd up at Hartlepool. There were great people up there. The great people are fantastic audiences. Um, but when we done the Clippy Club up in Hartlepool, it was at a particularly bad time during the pandemic where for some reason um, the media were kind of like really scaremongering and everybody was under a cloud, including myself. They just brought a second lockdown in. They were bringing in all these measures. People were literally frightened to death about wash your hands, wear your mask and don't go, you know, you've got to stay three feet away from someone. You can't meet in your house. You've got to go to the back garden. Go out. And people were really feeling it. And when we done Artley Pool, I really sensed an atmosphere of, of fear, really. People were afraid. And James Kilbington will tell you, our support comedian who, who had to go on first, he had to break the ice. It was very difficult trying to get through to people to, um, to try and kind of like calm them down, if you will, and get them in that mood where they wanted to laugh again because they were so uptight, they were so rigid, they were so fearful. And when I went on, Jimmy had done a good job, broke the ice, I went on, it was great. Um, they became a normal audience again. But everybody, including myself and yourself, everybody in the UK, at one stage we were kind of like really under a cloud and it started to seep through into the audiences were becoming very, very down and very kind of cynical and depressed. It was hard to get them going. Yeah, if anyone's watched that vlog... Let us know if you could tell from the vlog. I can really tell. We, we'd sold 100 tickets, sold it out, and that was the maximum we were allowed to do 100 tickets, which is, is really low for a Frankie Allen show, but at the same time, it is what it is. We've sold 100 tickets, sold it out. However, we, we only got 63 people through the door, which is a fucking huge drop-off, and it was because... People were actually really worried at the time. Anyone who was sat there, were afraid. It, it was just, it was just like, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, really, it was a bad atmosphere. It was a bad atmosphere. 
Conversely, the opposite to that saying that is when we managed to do the Hangar 34 just before Christmas. That's in Liverpool, by the way, if anyone doesn't know. Hangar 34 in Liverpool. The um, It was common knowledge then that the vaccine was being produced. Two months later. Yeah, everybody knew the vaccine was on its way. People would started. I think they started then, at the, or they were going to just start that week or a couple of weeks later, um, giving people the shots, vaccinating people. So the crowd at the Hangar 34 were much more kind of optimistic. Yeah, and it was and they were a, a week good, before They were Christmas. in a good mood. I mean, the poor people up in Hartlepool at the Clippy Club, it wasn't their fault. I was just the same and so were you. Everybody was really, we were really down and on edge. I think we'd just been told then that there'd be no more shows at all. That was the last yeah. one. So when we did the Anger 34, there was a different atmosphere, much more kind of like uh, optimistic and people were maybe thinking we're coming to the end of it. So there was a great atmosphere and, uh, you know, onwards and upwards. So in terms of the actual vlogs themselves, yeah. the actual videos, what were the bits that you liked about them? What, did it make you feel nostalgic about the shows? Which one of those videos, you know, did you enjoy the most? I liked doing the, the you know, the video that we did with, with Jack Ryan. I, I, I liked I'm talking about the vlogs specifically oh, sorry, at the, the moment. specifically. Um, I don't know. I mean, every vlog that we do is different. And every one that's, every place that we go to, we kind of pick up a, a different vibe. But I think people are heartened. And what I like about it is when you zoom around the uh, dressing room and you can see people that, um, you know, are enjoying themselves and looking forward to being entertained. And when you can see the audience are, are laughing and, and they're in a good mood. I think when people watch that at home, you know, it kind of like, um, it, it, it kind of like gives them um, some kind of hope as well. Well, we had some really good comments that people were enjoying the backstage banter, as they called it, which I thought was hilarious in both of them, even due to the fact that the Hartlepool vlog, in my opinion, the Blackpool one was funny. Best. I mean, I can never, because I'm in the middle of it, and basically all it is, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm being normal in the dressing room, but Will and Jimmy Kilvo are taking the piss out of me all the time. Yeah, because we get loads of comments. People yeah, and everyone keep, thinks it's people funny. People keep saying, you always take your ball home. Do you know what that means? I, I get angry. Do you know what it means by taking your ball yeah, home? Yeah, of course I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess the ump, I don't like it. Yeah. You know, a kick-off, and I do. I don't, I'm there, and I'm thinking, I take it very seriously. Going on stage in 10 minutes and all that. Yeah. And then I can hear little tiny comments with Jimmy or Will taking the piss out of me, calling me an 80s man and all this stuff. And where did he get those fucking shoes from? Did he get them from like, oh, Sherlock Holmes must have made them. And little snidey remarks. So I don't like it. For some reason, people who watch it when think it's funny. So it's like now I, I just can't see the funny side of it. But if it, if it makes people watch the vlog, great. Yeah, but when you say backstage banter, the, the hilarious part that I loved the most was uh, Dave with his picture of Jerry Vale and the fact that he was going on Danny Dyer's Deadliest Men. Did you like that part? Well, that was amazing. Anybody who watches that, that was fantastic. Um, obviously, that's part of the Hangar 34 vlog, which is hilarious, really. And any any really real serious aficionados of, uh, you know, the kind of like underworld, the gangster world, especially the mafia, uh, look at that picture. You want to look at it, look at that vlog, and uh, you'll see, freeze frame, that picture of the, I think it was the Copacabana Club in New York. 1971. Whatever it was in yeah. 71. 
and Jerry Vail, who's a singer, the Mafia singer, a lot of Mafia hoods on there, and obviously Dave uh, is on there too, and Dave's, a, you know... Dave's not, Dave's not on the picture. No, he's on the vlog. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's on the vlog, he's yeah. holding the picture. Yeah, of course. He's not on the fucking picture. <laughs> yeah, he was like, he's about 15 and 71. <laughs> yeah. I never said that. Yeah. I said, if you watch, he's holding a picture, and you probably, a lot of people who are fans of all this kind of like John Gotti and the Godfather and Goodfellas, you probably recognise a lot of people who were on that picture. Yeah, so as we said, lots of vlogs have gone out. Blackpool, Hartlepool, Liverpool. I like the Blackpool one. I thought that Why was Why did you like that so much? I liked it because it was so spontaneous. We were sitting there in the dressing room and there was this fucking big blue boot. Um, the dressing room was used for all kinds of acts and apparently... <laughs> The dressing room was used, um, I think it was for a couple of drag acts, a lot of wigs everywhere and different outfits. Um, and, and there was this boot, it's like a zip-up boot, which was on the, the, the side by where the mirror is, where you put your makeup on. And uh, Will try, was making, saying to me, making a joke of it, how come you bring that boot everywhere with you? Is that your lucky boot? So I didn't really like it, but people like me getting angry. And I said, yeah, we'll use this boot. I'm going to get this boot. I'm going to sell it in an open-air market to try and get a couple of quid because we haven't been paid for fucking eight months. So Jimmy was pissing himself, thought it was dead funny. Will thought it was funny, but was like, really didn't like it. No, I so never. He, he had to try and get back at me in another way. So then they started the root thing, which is picking on me, saying, like, oh, look at the roots on him, which is kind of taken off. Um, people look at the roots on him as though I'm like Errol Flynn I've got this huge fucking like six foot penis when and I don't fucking care who knows I'm just like average <laughs> and I haven't got a fucking big bulge in my pants like a cabbage like they make and it's got me to the stage now that we before we go in the dressing room I always make sure you know that my pants are crumpled up so it, it doesn't look like I've got a fucking hard on or something <laughs> Okay, so look, if you haven't watched the vlogs, you've got to go check them out. They you've are, got to check them out, they're very they funny. funny. Uh, I actually enjoyed that Blackpool one, as you said. Hangar 34 was my favourite, um, but look, people people like them for different reasons. Talk about the podcast next. Yeah. So we've done numerous podcasts. Unfortunately, at the moment, we are struggling with our setup to bring guests on. We'll be able to do that in future. Also, legislation well, the means legislation, that's a little bit we difficult. Can't, uh, but we did have Jack Ryan on. We had Jack Ryan on who's um, Jack Ryan, a comic, and he's only a young lad. I think he's only 25, is he? 26. But he really does, and no disrespect to him, he kind of harks back to uh, the 60s. Um, because, <laughs> like uh, you saying that? <laughs> he does. I don't know what it... He said something yesterday, and I thought, fucking hell, I, I haven't heard that like since I was a kid. You know, he's kind of like, gets all his suits made in a place in Yorkshire. Probably the only place left in the UK that make suits like they did in the 60s and 70s. And uh, and all his publicity is like black and white pictures of himself that you find, or I used to find, stuck to the dressing rooms in clubs in the 80s and the 70s. And uh, and even a lot of his material is, is kind of like... Oh, no, you can't. You can't it's a joke, like well, that. it's a joke. He's a great comedian, I'm having a joke. So we did a podcast with him. Well received as well, and and a lot of the podcast people have been liking. So, um, as as I said, every Sunday now going forwards, we we have got to talk about though is the live streams. Okay, okay. To anyone out there 
You might think that me and Kilvo have been doing this to take the piss. We haven't. It infuriates us as much as it infuriates you. We've got this brand new streaming setup where we're able to bring people on for live chats. We thought it was going to be fantastic. Over to you. What's been happening with it? In what way? Been happening with it in what way? When you've been going live from your house. Well, the technical side of it, you mean, it's a fantastic idea and I was really up for it as we all were. It saved me a journey coming to Will's. I thought to sit in my own house. Um, I can talk to Will. We can talk to Jimmy Kilvo up in Middlesbrough. And uh, people can ring up and ask questions. It's going to be fantastic. Only thing is, the reception is dire. We get a lot of interference at my end, and I don't know why. We've checked out the Wi-Fi. Uh, funny enough, Jack Ryan came around, didn't he? And he's quite technical. He made sure the Wi-Fi was turned on in my house but no it, it just doesn't work as soon as I start talking we get this kind of interference all the time and uh, the signal just drops people off people think it's hilarious we've had comments after comments people oh, think it's funny because I get the ump <laughs> and I suppose it is funny because what you can see is Will and James Kilvington see their pictures hear them loud and clear then in the background all you can hear is I can't hear you. I can't hear a fucking thing, which is me trying to get through, but can't get through all the gremlins, the crackling and things. And in the end, I just spit my dummy out and switch it off and go to bed. <laughs> nice one. So been on here for 35 minutes. I want to talk now about, I came across a website called answerthepublic.com. Okay. And basically what it is, is you can type in any phrase into answerthepublic.com. And it will tell you what people on the internet are searching for about that particular phrase and what questions the public want to know. So I went on answerthepublic.com and I typed in Frank Yellen. And I'm going to tell you, and we're going to discuss on this podcast, the things people want to know. Before I do that... Can I have some of that Coke? Uh, you can have that for now then. Is there any in it? Yeah, you know what I'm like. I'm a, I'm a hygiene freak. So what we're going to do is we're going to... We're gonna, get my laptop out and we're going to discuss the topics on answer the public before i do that we have been getting some trolls of late um i've just been reading some troll shouts out that have been commenting on youtube before the the this podcast well, what did you think of them? i don't like these trolls some real dickheads i stumbled upon this fucking site this thing last oh, week. don't give them any credence don't tell them who i won't is. say what the name was but yeah. just these dickheads coming on saying frankie allen uh, supposed to be the UK's most feared comedian, but he's got a 20-stone or two 20-stone bouncers <laughs> standing either side of him while he picks on women. How hard is he? Well, those fucking idiots who are saying that, you wouldn't even walk past some of the clubs that I've worked on. They were that fucking rough. Yeah. You would have pissed yourself. You just, you know, you're not, don't be calling me a cow. I'm not a fucking coward. Okay, I pick on people. I pick on everyone in the audience. Pick on women. The women love it. These people want to wake up into the real world. You know, the real world is not Oxford and Cambridge fucking university annual fucking dinner. It's the real world. People like you picking on the bird. They like they picking on the mother and the father. It's just a fucking laugh. So a lot of these trolls have been having a go at me. And when they don't like you, don't like your style of comedy. It's not that they don't like your style of comedy. They're just picking on that stuff. They don't like what you represent. And what I represent, and what does Jimmy Kilbo represent as well, to a lot of people, is um, kind of, uh, 
an old idea of England now it used to be and a lot of people don't like that now great okay we've got 128 alphabeticals what that means is you know um for every letter of the alphabet there's probably about yeah there's there's shit loads of there's about five to ten under under each one here so we'll, we'll run we'll run through okay the things that people have been asking the very first thing we're going to go with a first frankie allen age well i knew somebody <laughs> asked that I don't like giving the age away, so what I'm going to say, late 30s, but very, 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 very late 30s. Why would you, why do you think people are asking that so much? It's because the way you speak and things, you kind of give your age away. And when I start saying, oh, yeah, I've been working the clubs for 40 years, and people go, fucking hell, when did he start when he was two? Or 30 years, and they go, well, he may have made a mistake. He doesn't look that old. And I don't look that old. They look good for my age. So, no, that's a bit of an Achilles heel with me. I'd, not, I'd rather not speak about my age. <laughs> okay, cool. The next couple of things, Frankie Allen's agent. That's obviously me. That's Will Cranny. Yeah, uh, we've got Frankie Allen, the comedian, obviously. Frankie Allen, BBC. Yeah. Tell us why people are typing that in. Possibly because I've done a bit of work at the BBC. I did Opportunity Knox with Bob Monkhouse in 1987. And that was a big show for me. Got like 16 million people watching it. And that was in, uh, yeah, 1987, in the BBC studios in Shepherd Bush. So that was a BBC thing. And over the years, I've done quite a bit of stuff for the BBC. Uh, documentaries going back to the 80s um, that featured different comics on and blue comedians and getting interviewed about styles of comedy and whatever. A lot of it was the BBC, but I've done a lot for uh, Granada as well. Done the New Comedians show in 91, and that was for uh, uh, a channel called Granada Plus. Anyone can remember that? That was like an offshoot from Granada TV. Yeah, so I've done quite a bit of work on the on the TV up front for Granada, which was a, I used to do Central Weekend Live, for which went out just in the Midlands um, with Nicky Campbell. That was in like the 90s. Used to do um, John Stapleton's show, which was called The Time and the Place. Used to go to London to do that. That was for ITV. So yeah, and used to do that in the ITN studios, the new studio. So I've done quite a bit really. He's done a bit of, bit of TV. So probably a lot of people, older people may have seen me on the BBC. So they type it in. Fair play, okay. We've got Frankie Allen, Best Bits. Frankie Allen, Blackpool, Birmingham. Bristol, obviously they're all shows that we've done. Frankie yeah. Allen, Benidorm. Why Why the hell are people typing that in? They're wondering if you've been to Benidorm. Well, what it is, a lot of the comics, I've got a good mate of mine, Danny Down, and he was out in Benidorm, and he's done fantastic out there. He's doing great. He lives there. A lot of the comics in England, um, when the work got a bit slack here, they went over to Benidorm. There's always work there. I mean, it's not now. It's just the same as here with the pandemic, but there was always work at Benidorm, and you could double up. That means to say you could do two shows in one night, go from one bar to the other. There were great crowds, holiday crowds, all Brits, expats living there and people on holiday. So there were great venues and uh, an awful lot of British comics are out there now. Do you think people are getting you confused with another comedian or do you think they're actually wondering whether you've been... No, what it is, they, because there's a lot of similar comedians to me who are in Benidorm, because 90% of the comics, UK comedians, are working or have worked in Benidorm. They just just take it for granted that I'll be out there or I'll be coming there or I've been there. 
Or a lived here, you know. Just on that note, yeah, uh, this is on a tangent slightly, but I'm sure people would like to know this. In Benidorm, you get a lot of tribute acts. Okay. There's tribute artists for comedians that go around now, you know, anything from Ken Dodd to, uh, you know, Chubby Brown, Peter Kay, stuff like yeah. that. Surely there's going to be a Frankie Allen tribute act in future. How would you feel about that? Oh, it wouldn't bother me if they were any good. I yeah. don't see them. There was a guy in Benidorm, wasn't there? Somebody, remember somebody rang up. I said, there's a Frankie Allen tribute act going round. No, they were just, it was a Frankie Gallagher tribute act. Oh, Frankie Gallagher. Was someone it? was getting mixed up. Yeah, that's all. I don't know. I think what with me would have been lucky is a lot of people would be probably scared to kind of do my act. You know, I see what you mean. They'd probably go, I'm not going to, you know, I couldn't do what Frankie does, go on stage. That's where I've been lucky. A lot of comics who are out there, they do steal each other's material. A lot of comics out there, you know, and it's not really a nice thing to do. You know, they'll tape record, people write all the gags down and they'll go, they'll go out as a comic in their own right. But all they're doing is an impression, an imitation of another comic using all their mannerisms and, uh, and all their material, but they can't do it with me because they'd probably be scared in case uh, somebody gave them a belt. <laughs> okay. Frankie Allen, basketball coach. Well, that's a strange thing. <laughs> now, I'm glad you said that question. Go it's on. a weird thing because since day one, when you created the Facebook page and the website and everything, um, Frankie Allen, who's a black American baseball coach, He's, he's a basketball coach. Basketball is yeah. He's like seventy odd, and he lives in America. Nothing to do with me, obviously. Yeah. But sometimes if you put Frankie Allen in, he comes up before I come up. Now, if you put Frankie Allen in, normally in the UK I'll come up. But if you put Frankie Allen in net worth, which means how much money has Frankie Allen got, it comes up four hundred million dollars. <laughs> okay. But it's coming off the Frankie Allen basketball coach who's a multi-millionaire in the States, okay. very famous in America. It's coming off of his website and they kind of got mixed up. Amalgamated. So it's a strange thing if somebody said, oh, Frankie Allen, I wonder how much you reckon Frankie's got? It's one that haven't been arrested by the fucking Inland Revenue. <laughs> if they look at it and say, Frankie Allen, he's got 400 million fucking dollars. And he's living in Norris Green. <laughs> and he lives in Norris Green in Liverpool. So... <laughs> I don't know. No, yeah. the, the thing that makes me laugh about that, I'll, I'll just explain to everyone quickly. Frankie Allen is this basketball coach. As my dad said, he's massive in the US, but he's got a Wikipedia page and Frankie Allen, the comedian, doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Every is, single yeah. fucking search, you know, you can read them out on here, are for Frankie Allen, the comedian. But due to the fact that he's got a Wikipedia page, Google produced this like knowledge panel thing yeah. and it had your picture of your face, didn't it? Yeah. And underneath it just said 70 years old basketball coach. Yeah, but obviously most people, yeah, people would get on it. know, you know, that it was a mistake. But yeah, and strangely enough, I mean, you got me a picture, didn't you? I've still got it, you know, it's kind of a revolving thing um, of Frankie Allen Park. Well, we'll discuss that when we In get to pick. Yeah. yeah, okay. Well, let's, we'll have to run this through these a little bit quicker. Frankie Allen Boxer, why do you think people are asking that? Boxer Frankie Allen, probably because, um, for whatever reason, although I've never boxed myself and never been an amateur boxer or pro, um, a lot, lot of my friends, a lot of my mates, John H. Tracy, former welterweight world champion, very close friend of mine, Jimmy Price, world champion, they're all kind of like, um, I've just rubbed shoulders all my life, because I've done a lot of shows in boxing rings. I used to go on 
because it was a blue comedian and the agents wouldn't give me any work because the clubs didn't want anyone who swore on stage in the early days. I could only get rough places and could only get places where it was an all-men audience. So I'd go on a lot of boxing shows in the ring. Okay. Which is a very difficult uh, vehicle for a comic. A lot of comics, a lot of 90% of comedians just won't do them because you've got four audiences, don't forget. You're not facing the audience. You're surrounded by four, you know, the rope... Ropes here, ropes there. It's a rectangle, isn't it? A boxing ring. So you've got to keep turning around in the ring. So it's very. But I do know a lot of boxers. Maybe that's what it is. Cool. Right. Let's try and be a little bit snappy on this. Sorry to um, to to cut you short. Okay. I'm sure people are enjoying it, but I just want to make sure we can get through everyone. We're on to C now. So obviously we've got Frankie Allen comedian, um, Frankie Allen Cardiff, and tickets. That's fine. Okay. Frankie Allen DVD. That's on D. Is that coming out anytime soon? Only you can answer that. <laughs> okay, my uh, answer to that is if we can put a new set together, the DVD can come out anytime. So it's back okay, to you. Well, all right, so we put it back on me. <laughs> Go on. If you tell me let's do a DVD, I'd work overnight to make sure we had a good kind of hour of new material. Okay, perfect. So there you go, everyone. You've got that. So, Frankie Allen dates. Obviously, that can be yeah. that that can be sourced by online. Frankie Allen Everton joke. Yeah, the Everton gag. Which somebody clipped and it's kind of gone viral, really. It was when we'd done Runcorn a couple of years ago, I think, and it went, I don't know, I, I, I don't know what it was. I think it was a few Evertonians in there. So we got kind of a mixed reaction. But that after that Runcorn job, the Everton gang kind of took off. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. We've got Frankie Allen upcoming events. Obviously, you can see them online. Um, Frankie Allen fight. What okay. are people typing that in for? Because a lot of people, when they see the video that went viral, a lot of people think that it was kind of almost a fight in the pub and the club. Another thing it may be, you know, outside of the media and and uh, outside of, you know, the mainstream uh, material, you know, on, on the internet and whatever, not that I've got a reputation for fighting, but around the circuit, the clubs and the boxing shop, people know that I've had, I've had trouble, a fair share of trouble over the years. I've had fights. Okay, fair play. Yeah. That's your answer. I've had, had a lot of trouble. Frankie Allen gigs, obviously, yeah. you know, is uh, is clear. Frankie Allen Great Yarmouth, which is a place that we like going to. We're actually going to Br- the Britannia Pier in Great Yarmouth. I think it's scheduled for uh, May. Well, I used like to that. do the Cliffs Hotel at Great Yarmouth, which is great. Over at Gorleston, Gorleston, and uh, we had some amazing nights there. Worked there with uh, David Hay. I think it was the last time I'd done it. Worked with David Hay. Oh, brilliant! A few know years that. ago, like? great, lovely fella. And worked with uh, Eddie Richardson, one of the Richardsons, who were kind of like um, you know with the craze and things, the gangsters in London, and uh, Frank Bruno. Worked with some great guys down there. A good crowd, great yards. Good on, people. On that note, of you talking about uh, celebrities in that realm. You actually got a message on Instagram this week from a, a famous ex-footballer who's still in the in the land right now, Jimmy Bullard. Oh, Jimmy Bullard, yeah. Well, <laughs> he's kind of like very popular on the after-dinner circuit, isn't he? Yeah, um, he just sent a message to Frankie's Instagram page randomly just saying, Frankie boy, you fucking kill me, mate. I think you're hilarious. And then he was sending voice notes going, Frankie, the way you fucking, you dug that bird out was hilarious. A lot of people kind of like, lad, go, yeah, they go for that. Yeah, a lot of people go for that. <laughs> I think what it is, when, when the video went viral, I've always said to myself, 
People have heard all the material, they've heard all the jokes, all of the routines. People have become... The sense of humour has evolved now where the, the people are fascinated with things and one thing that people are fascinated with, not actual trouble where people are knocking fuck out of each other in a pub or a club, but they like to see situations which could be a bit tense. Okay. And, and, and then they like to see someone who can make it funny, which I make the whole thing funny. So it's very different, and that's why, that's why I think it caught on. Are you shocked by any of these searches so far? Not, not at all. Okay, cool. We've got Frankie Allen Park, Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. You know what that is. Yeah, Basically, yeah. there's a Frankie Allen Park in Atlanta, Georgia. We've got Frankie Allen Hair is the next one. Okay. Why is that? Why are people typing Probably in saying, you know, is that your real hair? But I've told people a thousand times, I'm not, ashamed, I'm not ashamed to say it. I was going bald, and I was using this hair thick, and it wasn't working. So I went in for this... Uh, SMP, you know, scalp pigmentation process, which is a tattoo on your head and it's worked very well. And I got it done at HIS Clinic in Manchester. Went down last year to Birmingham to um, to uh, Ian Watson and his lovely wife, uh, Ranjia, Ranveer, I think her name is. They, they've done it again. You know, every few years you'll need a top up, but this is a, a tattoo. Nice one. We've had some lovely offers from people who are willing to do your top ups next time or even you know, do whatever the hell you want to your hair okay. for free, which is, which is, which is a, you know. I never hear of these things. Really There's loads that come through. Yeah, let's talk about what, what else we've got. Search terms for H. Frankie Allen Hilton, Liverpool. Frankie Allen Hull. Frankie Allen Hartlepool. Frankie Allen Hindley. Frankie Allen St. Helens. And the final one, which is a sore point with me, is hire Frankie Allen. <laughs> okay. And basically, you can hardly hire Frankie Allen anymore. We really do private shows. But some old agents have still got you chilling on their websites, haven't they? Yeah, I think what it is, they're just using it as a bit of bait. You know, some people, oh, it's always Frankie Allen, and get him through this local agent, might get him cheaper, and they'll ring up and they'll go, yeah, you know, I'll get you Frankie. Then a couple of days before the gig, they go, oh, yeah, Frankie's sick, but I've got this other comic called uh, Billy Snotrag, I'll, I'll, I'll send him. <laughs> nice name. Up to I, Frankie Allen Instagram, obviously clear. Frankie Allen in pub. If anyone's not seen that, that's the initial viral video from 2018. Yeah, uh, 2018 when it came out, 2017 yeah. it was filmed. Next one is a question. Is Frankie Allen married? No. Any more to elaborate on that? That's it, just single guy, just a bachelor, confirmed bachelor. Nice one. Any any uh, offers, please put them in the email bookings of frankieallen.co.uk what would you like an image would you like any descriptions I'm not interested I'm just trying to get through the, I'm not interested in birds just trying to get through the fucking um, pandemic sound okay next up we're at J we've got Frankie Allen Everton joke Frankie Allen Chinese joke people are obviously looking for jokes Frankie Allen just a country boy what's that Frankie Allen just a country boy again is confusion with another American this time he's a country and western singer and uh, he's not too well known, but he did have, have a big hit on the Billboard country charts, Billboard 100 over in the States. And uh, the song was I'm Just a Country Boy, Frankie Allen. Not to be confused with Frankie Allen, who's just a city boy, which is me. <laughs> Fair play. A couple of searches for Frankie Allen Opportunity Knocks, yeah. which we alluded to earlier. Okay. Now we're at L. We've got Frankie Allen Live, Frankie Allen Liverpool, Frankie Allen YouTube, Frankie Allen Leicester, London. So all the all the places where you're quite um, popular in. 
Um, same thing for M, which is Frankie Allen Middlesbrough, Manchester, Maidstone. Is Frankie Allen married again? Finally, Frankie Allen memo. What does that mean? What the memo is, it's something that you stumbled on. Um, and it's good way of earning a few quid as well. Um, I think you better explain this better than me. Basically, what memo is, is a celebrity video messaging service. So let's say you've got a friend called Tommy and he's 35 next Tuesday. And you think, you know what? It'd be a great idea if I get one of his favourite public figures to give him a birthday message. And that birthday message might start at, you know, you can get people on there for the fiver, you can get people on there for hundreds of pounds. There's two services, Memo and Cameo. Basically, you just type in what you want to type in and that person will deliver a video message for you. At the moment, you're on there for 15 quid, which I think is a bargain. But Frankie, we've decided between us due to the fact that we found a comedian in America called Gilbert Gottfried, who basically just savages people. Uh, That's what you've been doing, haven't you? Yeah, well, I've always been a big fan of Gilbert Gottfried for years. He's a fantastic comedian. And anybody who um, watches these roasts, you know, there's a roast, uh, the roast of David Hasselhoff, you want to get up and you see um, Gilbert Gottfried getting up and taking the stand, so to speak, and speaking on the mic. And uh, Pamela Anderson, who's in the audience, he savages her, keeps going on about, uh, you know, he found this lamp on a beach and... uh, he rubbed the lamp and three wishes, what's your lamp? And the final wish is, can you make Pamela uh, Pamela Anderson vagina tight? You know, it's a very kind of, but he's so funny and he's just slagging people. He's got this funny voice and he goes a little bit over the top. So I thought that's a good style. And basically a lot of my fans, a lot of people who come to the shows, they come not so much for the material to listen to jokes. They're hoping that I'll pick on their friends, pick on the mates. So when I savage people, a lot of people first came on and happy birthday, but now I'm coming on saying, Billy, Billy, you're the goalkeeper for fucking Southall United Football Club. When are you going to save a fucking ball, you stupid fucking ugly bastard? Everyone fucking lobs you, your bird's fucking left. And just savage people and make things up. And people love it. Yeah, if you go to Memo, type in Frankie Allen, or yeah. actually you're, you're on there um, with actually some other big name comedians on there too. Go check that out. And if you want a video message of Frank, you can get it on there. Yeah. That was a good time to plug. And we are on to Frankie Allen Net Worth. And also, yeah. and you can't you yeah. can't backtrack on this because the actual search is Frankie Allen Comedian Net Worth. Yeah. So people are looking for your net worth. Well, I've got fuck all at the moment. I don't know what's going to come up. <laughs> Frankie Allen Nottingham, Frankie Allen Norwich, another two that are obvious uh, because they're areas that Frankie Allen is popular in. Finally, Frankie Allen real name. First yeah. of all, why are people typing that in? Well, it's just it's anything. It's like everything and anything, isn't it? People kind of like if they're interested in you, you know, you're fascinated about what's, the real story behind someone. You might see someone on the TV, might see a singer on a television and go, you know, Engelbert Humperdinck, remember that singer who sings ballads and things? Yeah. I know he's going back a little bit. What a weird and wonderful, strange name, Engelbert Humperdinck. That's not his name. His name's Jerry Dorsey. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> Jerry Dorsey. But to use, like, a very powerful, big unusual name kind of added to his persona and it's a weird area we're getting into again a weird area 
whereas my real name, when I'm Martin, Martin is my real name. Frankie Allen is a totally different character than what Martin is, if you know what I mean. It's weird. But yeah, Frankie Allen's a stage name, which uh, I made up with a friend of mine, Danny Downing. We formulated that like nearly 40 years ago. We thought we'd come up with different names and I came up with the name Frankie Allen. Yeah. You see him, you feel, a, you, you look a little bit uneasy even referring to yourself as Martin. Why is that? I don't like, I mean, <laughs> because Frankie Allen has been kind of so successful really and he's such a kind of um, outgoing, outlandish, larger than life character. Uh, because Frankie Allen is on stage and when I'm Frankie Allen on stage, I am fearless I'm not scared of people approaching the stage trying to hit me or getting filled in. I've been filled in as Frankie Allen. Um, but the real me, Martin, my real name is, I won't tell you my second name, is kind of like, uh, it's not that person. Frankie Allen is kind of like an alter ego, if you will. I, met him, I metamorphosize into Frankie Allen. But over the years, the Frankie Allen character has kind of taken over everything now where I don't like being referred to by my real name. Okay, Frankie Allen Pub, Frank, which is obvious, Frankie Allen Podcast, which is what we're doing right now. Uh, then we're on to Frankie Allen Reviews. Okay. Yeah, you've been getting good reviews of late, um, nice. apart from the trolls who are coming on saying uh, <laughs> all kinds about you. We've got Frankie Allen Rialto showing Coventry that we're doing soon. Frankie Allen Stand Up, Frankie Allen SMP, which is the scalp micro pigmentation yeah. here thing that we looked at earlier. Frankie Allen Singer, Stoke. I don't know why it's a singer. It must be a singer. Oh, the same name, isn't it? The singer. Yeah, yeah. Frankie Allen Skiddle. That's where we sell the tickets. St. Helens. Frankie Allen Son. Nice one. My handsome People son. Say- is. Keep away from the girls. He's got a bird. People searching. Frankie Allen Tour. Frankie Allen Twitter. Frankie Allen, the comedian. Telford is a place that we like performing at. We've got Frankie Allen upcoming events, just standard stuff, YouTube, stand-up comedian. Um, yeah, final thing is Frankie Allen website, yeah, done. And Frankie Allen will, cool. Uh, the very last one, Frankie Allen Young, don't know why it's saying that. And uh, I think that what they're referring to, there's some... Young shots of me, you know, on, on, on ah, YouTube. okay. Frankie Allen at uh, on the new comedian show on Men and Motors channel, you want to look for. Men and Motors, Frankie Allen um, on the new comedian show in, um, I think it was 91. But before we go, I'd like to uh, just, uh, you know, say a word about a very close friend of ours, young Dave, who uh, he appears on a lot of the vlogs. Uh, he's got a bit of his own following as well, really, becoming quite famous with a lot of people. Very well known up in Middlesbrough, all the lads, all the uh, James Kilvington and all his friends. Uh, give him a lot of respect. Sadly, lost his mum, and uh, I went along with him to the funeral on Monday. So uh, just want to mention that, you know, that uh, he's a great guy, and hopefully, uh, you know, he's very upset, but he's, uh, he's going to be okay, and... Uh, his mother was a lovely woman, so God rest her soul. Brilliant. You know, obviously, if you'd like to pass on your condolences, feel free to do so in the YouTube comments or on any of our social media platforms. As we said, he's a, he's a top fella, Dave. And um, and just as a kind of a, a addition to that, it was strange. While we were there at the um, Allerton Cemetery in Liverpool, the cemetery, um, a couple of the grave diggers came over to the car knocking on my window before they got out, you know, and uh, what's going on? Frankie, can we have a picture and things? So it's what you've said. I've been... Flogging me guts out for years, going around the clubs, never getting anywhere. 
social clubs, British legions, labour clubs, conservative clubs, working, you know, for the army, working for the navy, working down south here, and you never really get known. But as soon as you get on like a viral video, everybody knows you. It's so strange. Yeah, well, I agree with that. But to it's an extent. great in some ways that you know it's kind of when I spoke to the guy in Gary, he was at the at the cemetery. He said, "Look," and I told him, "I said my mate's burying his mother here today." And he said, "Well, let let us know where the grave is, and we'll look after it for you. You know, if it's raining, we'll we'll we'll, we'll kind of like uh, sweep the water away, and we'll put grass seed on it if you need any and sawdust. I think they put down." And when I told him my mum was there and my brother and my dad, they said, "Well, yeah, okay. Show us the next time you come where the graves are, and we look after them." So it's great in a way. It's worked well for me. It's helped me out. You get a little bit more respect from people. It's nice. It's, nice. it's very nice. What what can you say? And uh, yeah, as you said, you know, it's uh, it's it's fascinating how much support that we've been getting of late. I mean, as I said at the start of this year, I took a job on working for a Swedish company yeah. to try and pay the bills. Yeah. And what I decided was to do, I'm going to drop it and I'm going to plow all my efforts into the Frankie Allen stuff and what, we, what we're trying to do. And it's really, really growing momentum again. Um, the funny thing that I've got to ask you about though is, obviously we do a vlog of every single show and that yeah. goes out on a Tuesday, but we've got no more vlogs left, <laughs> basically, because yeah. we haven't done a fucking show. Uh, there's, I've got no footage to put out, so we're going to have to do some other kind of video. Have you got any ideas for well, what we Well, the idea do? I've got, I think, which we've got to make sure that we're kind of like within the law when we do it. Mm. I don't really know what the law is. It's not very clear about travel. And okay. about, you know, I mean, we could do, I'm sure people would watch it if we went, you know, we drove in the car, you could film us in the car, drove to the supermarket. And what Just said, having a laugh, you know. What Just you were going to get? Go in and buy things. Go, what the fuck's this? This is too dear, you know, and kind of kick off and speak to people outside and whatever. And do you recognise him? And who do you think he is? And oh, yeah, it's Frankie. Allen. And you can do it. You know, it's not going to be the same as in a club. There's no performance. But we don't really show the performances on the vlogs anyway, do we? Yes. We yeah. only normally see a tiny bit of it. So we could do something like that. Whether or not we could do it, if it's within the law, I don't know. Cool. All right, wrapping this up, being on for an hour. Massive thank you to anyone who's listened or watched. If you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you're listening to this podcast on, do give us a five-star review. It goes a massive, massive long way. Uh, and it helps us put more podcasts out, reach more people. Almost at 100,000 followers on Facebook. Thanks to everyone on there. Just hit 12,000 subscribers on YouTube. If you watch this on YouTube, give it a thumb up, get yourself subscribed. Um, hopefully we can start bringing some guests on if legislation changes and we manage to get a new fucking camera because people keep saying we look like we're in a sauna when I put, okay. the, when I put the videos up. Yeah. I apologise, I'm trying to do this all now, myself. Fi so. Finally, just from me anyway, what I always say to people is, um, you know, we're all in the same boat, we're all having a bad time this lockdown. Communicate. If you're living on your own, try to converse, try to speak to people in your neighbourhood, next door neighbours or even the postman because a problem shared is a problem halved, and it's very, very true, especially nowadays. People are really feeling the effects of the lockdown. Speak to your neighbours. Speak if you've got a family. If you haven't got a family, even if you're phoning people, keep speaking to people, and you'd be surprised how much better that you'll feel at the end of the day. You won't feel so lonely. You won't feel so isolated. You won't feel so vulnerable if you communicate with other people. Go out of your way, even if you're walking around the park, once a day and you see someone, 
even if it's from like six feet away, strike up a conversation, get to know people. And you never know, you know, you could really kind of um, initiate something and, and, and make some new friends if you've got no friends. So that's what I'll say to people, you know, keep at it, you know, eventually we're going to come, the light at the end of the tunnel is the vaccine, we will come through this, we're in a crisis, let's try and make the best of it. Nice one, podcast coming every Sunday, massive thank you to anyone who's listened or watched, really, really do appreciate it. thanks to support. Will, Will Cranny here, for as usual, doing a fantastic job, setting everything up, doing all the Q&A, doing all the production, the editing, and uh, actually the posting on, so he does an awful lot, you know, so thanks Will. Good stuff. Nice one. Good to hear you in a positive vibe, Frank. And we will see you next Sunday with another podcast. If not, watch the vlog that will come out on Tuesday. I don't know what it's going to be yet, so it'll be a surprise to me too. Catch you all soon in a bit. Take care. By the way, one more thing. Yeah. You sure you haven't got $400 million? <laughs> Actually, yeah. I'm sorry, everyone out there. I've got $350 million. I've just spent $50 million on my breakfast. <laughs> nice one. Catch you all soon. Bye-bye.